Freaks. I am Frank, and today I'm joined by Kyle. Hey, what's up, everybody? And today is going to kind of be like a part two. This is We're doing this for the first time where we're doing two smaller episodes because, I mean, Black Panther came out and God of War came out, so it's been a little epic around here lately, which is good news. Insane um, week. Same yes. week, yeah. Uh, obviously Along been busy. Along with Kevin Conroy. Way. Rip, man. We, we talked about that, that in hurts. the last episode, but yeah, how, how impactful was Kevin Conroy's life on you? Yeah, I have to say... Uh, you know, that was really shocking to hear about. Mm-hmm. And the crazy thing is I just played Arkham Knight after waiting seven years to play it. Yeah. And as far as I'm aware, that was his last performance as video game Batman in the Arkham trilogy. I think you're right for video and, game Batman. Yeah. And that ending in retrospect, it was just really hard hitting mm-hmm. after seeing, you know, his journey come to an end as Batman. He's, it's just really, it's a big shock. He's going to be missed. Uh, one thing I was talking about with Squeaks is when you read a comic book that's a Batman comic book, it's in his voice a lot now. So I think that's something that like our entire generation uh, does now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was, you know, really vested into Batman as a character, mainly because of how profound his voice was in the animated yeah. series. Like, you know, a lot of people my age, I'm thir- mid thirties. Mm-hmm. I imagine that was their first you know, exposure to Batman yep. aside from Adam West's depiction of him in the sixties. <laughs> so. It was, yeah, it was the first one that really, I mean like Michael Keaton, of course, played Batman. Oh, true, yeah. was good, but, too. but yeah. really like, I think like the animated series was really the one that took it home for us. So we're going to miss you. We're going to miss you. Indeed. Uh, all right. I want to revisit a poll that we did. Uh, we put a poll up who would win in a fight Kratos or Namor. Uh, <laughs> let's get your opinion on this. Who'd you, who'd you think is going to win this one? Oh, is this really a contest? I mean, Kratos. Exactly I mean, what he, Squeak said. <laughs> he killed Poseidon in God of War 3. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's the god of the sea. And it, Namor, is he a god of the sea? I don't think so. He 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 is in the MCU. <laughs> he is oh, in the yes. MCU. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I will say that the polls were about 50-50 with Kratos just pulling ahead. So Kratos, and in Must my opinion, my Kratos vote. would have it by by a mile. Yeah, it actually probably was your vote, really. Um, but it was like fifty-one to forty-eight. It was that close, and uh, yeah, with with Kratos Just like beating the midterms Namor. this year. Ooh. Yeah, it was that close. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. As for network news, there is a brand new pushing buttons that came out the day before this episode comes out. It is a full deep dive discussion on God of War. So if you guys want more God of War talk. Go listen to Pushing Buttons. Link are in the descriptions. And Squeaks joins us for that. It's his very first Pushing Buttons, which I think he enjoyed. It was just, you're bullshitting about a game. It's great. <laughs> yeah. Always a good time. Yeah. All right. So let's go ahead and get into some of the news here. Uh, first thing, Horizon, the Horizon Games, which is Forbidden West, um, is the newest one, is getting an MMO treatment. Do you think this is going to be a good game? No, I don't. Yeah. I'm just going to be frank. I'm going to be you for a second. Just say no. <laughs> what is what why would this world work as an mmorpg it, it's just too much i feel like you know they're already going to be what rebooting the first or remastering the first yeah. game for ps5 which is, i don't really feel like is necessary mm-hmm. like why make a remake of this game it already works and plays well on ps4 and you got zero dawn now being turned into an mmo it's just like why i yeah. don't get it yeah i my big complaint for it is I'm not sure how, like, the world is cool. The dinosaurs, all the bosses are going to be awesome, right? Because they're all going to be robotic dinosaurs. That's all awesome. But the best thing about the game is that you're Aloy. Like, you're a legend 
spans everywhere you go. It actually goes there before you do. And everybody you interact with is not capable of killing a dino by themselves. So I feel like you're going to be underpowered compared to the character you fell in love with in the franchise. Like it's, it's imagine if you played as Thrall the entire time for World of Warcraft, because we've got to mention that every time. And then all of a sudden you go to World of Warcraft, and you're like, hey, welcome adventure. Go kill pigs and pick apples. Like it's not going to feel the same as when it was like, oh yeah, remember when I was Thrall? You know, it's the same thing we're going to have with this. I just feel like what's the end point? Like you're just going to face a Mechasaurus, like or Godzilla in mecha form. <laughs> oh, God, that's exactly what like, it is. And like, then you got to summon a King Kong this? to help you. That's what the whole thing. Yeah, it's all about summoning King Kong. We're going to find out that's a twist ending to the Horizon franchise. <laughs> it's all about King Kongs. <laughs> um, I'm sure I'll play it. I'm sure I'll play it. It's made by NCSoft. It's going to be made by NCSoft. Uh, they've done um, Guild Wars, which is really well done. Guild Wars 2. Uh, you know, speaking of World of Warcraft, they stole a lot from that in their questing system that they use now, their World Quest stuff and the event stuff. And so I do like that, but it's going to be weird. I don't know. The world's gorgeous, but yeah. I, I just think, be, what, what's the potential? And to me, it doesn't sound like there's a lot, so. Yeah. It'll be an MMO set in the United States. That'll be kind of cool. We don't really if see If you show that. a different location, that could probably be the most interesting thing about the game. You know but, what? That's actually yeah. the best option. Because then it's something completely new. If it's, and NCSoft is based out of, uh, I think it's, I think they're Japan. But what if it's like a Japan-based Horizon game? Okay, now I'm excited. Now I'm on board. Yeah. If it's like a different continent than yeah. North America, then sure. That could be fun exploring. But other yeah. than that, I just don't see the reason for it. Hor uh, Horizons, though, uh, their depiction of Utah was just gorgeous. I really, it was amazing. I uh, played like the first five hours of it so far because yeah. I got my PS5 late for God of War. And yeah, the depiction of Zion National Park, it was really cool to you yeah. know explore that. And after seeing it in person for the first time, after moving here to Utah, mm -hmm. it was uh, something else. I was like, I know this place. This is in a video game. <laughs> like, hey, I, I actually walked over there. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on to our next thing. Final Fantasy 16 is going to be exclusive to PS5 for six months. Now, of course, there's some stink on this because PlayStation has been trying to stop Xbox from buying Activision Blizzard due to the exclusivity of Call of Duty, which they said is not going to happen, but likely will eventually happen. Uh, what are your thoughts on such a big title becoming exclusive for PlayStation? Well, uh, not really all that much because Final Fantasy was exclusive to PlayStation mm -hmm. for years or decades even. It wasn't, I think, until Final Fantasy 13 yeah. where it was also available on Xbox for the first time as a series. So, you know, six months exclusivity, what's the big deal? I don't really think there's much to that. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think that's only fair, especially, I, you're right. I mean, that's the first system that I think of when I think of Final Fantasy. Um, I think it's only fair. I just, I think the only thing that makes it unfair is the fact that PlayStation's so worried about exclusivities out of nowhere. Meanwhile, God of War Ragnarok, we're going to be talking about soon and one of my all-time favorite games now, um, is exclusive to PlayStation. And there, Kevin had to wait to get a PS5 for this game. You know, that's just the way things are. You know, that's just how money is made in this business. Um, well, true. Uh, also, they just released, you know, God of War 2018 on Steam, PC. and they're probably gonna do the same thing with Ragnarok eventually. I assume so, yeah. But you know, can you wait two years to play God of War Ragnarok? For me, it's no. Yeah, that's a no for me too. Yeah. <laughs> like it depends on you know how big of a fan you are of a franchise. Like for Final Fantasy, I think I can wait because after thirteen and fifteen, especially from your point of view, I haven't played fifteen. 
it, Final Fantasy isn't as big of a game franchise as it used to be. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point. It doesn't have the draw it used to. I think they're surviving. Not, not that they're not surviving. They're going to do well. But like the remake sure. of 7 was so big for them. And yep. the fact that 14 was such a big hit for them. Like I think that's what they're really relying on now. Which is fair. I mean, that's it's working well for them. But yeah, it's not what like it used to be. When I remember when like, what was it? Final Fantasy X came out. That was like, holy cow. We got to oh, yeah. go get Final Fantasy huge. X. Yeah. Yep. I bought a PS2 for that game. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and and Daniel wouldn't shut up about it. So I heard about it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, last bit of gaming news before we head into our God of War uh, review. Phil Spencer, who again, he's the head of Xbox and they're in the middle of acquiring Activision Blizzard. Uh, in an interview said that they're going to be focusing on, he wants to focus on StarCraft first, bringing back the StarCraft franchise. Hmm. Now, with that, he says also he wants to look into Warcraft and generally bring back RTSs. Do you think RTSs would do well in modern gaming worlds? Oh, man, that is a loaded question. Wow. <laughs> uh, I lament the loss of RTS. You know, it was, I think StarCraft 2 was really the last popular RTS. Yeah. As far as I can remember, I don't think there's really been. I can't been, really think of one after that that, that was yeah. definitely not popular, you know. Because then we start seeing the explosion of Dota and games that are team based, yeah. like MOBAs. And, and, and on the other side of that, we had 4D, just to throw that out there too. Like you could and either 4D. go looser or 4D, which is more strict. So the middle is weird. But, you know, strict single player RTS, I think, is a dead genre. Can it be brought back? Uh, I mean, can Microsoft do it? Yeah. That's the question. Like, especially with popular Blizzard franchises. I think I don't want to be like too hopeful because I know there's potential for mm -hmm. it to thrive again. But will people want to go back to that style of gameplay? I don't think that's possible. Yeah, I think I will. But, but there's a big chunk of I've played StarCraft before in me. That, I mean, that was my first PC game that was like I was in love with. So I know I'm going to play it, but I don't know if it's enough for somebody to go out and like, hey, I got to upgrade my PC for it, which is kind of the question, right? We're talking about before, right. like I got to buy a new PlayStation to be able to play God of War or the new Final Fantasy. PC terms is like, do, are you willing to upgrade your PC for this? And I don't see anybody willing. I can't imagine anybody outside of esports willing to do that. You know, it's it's a genre that really would have to be completely brought back. Yeah. I mean, for me, I saw the death of RTS live when I saw EA reveal Command and Conquer from mobile. <laughs> oh, that, ooh, man, that sentence sucks. <laughs> it um, just hurts. <laughs> yeah, that that was really devastating to me as a fan of RTS to see that happen. And, you know, sadly, that's the truth now is like mobile's easily the most profitable platform. Yeah. Cause it's so easy to develop for and you know, games that are made strictly for PC, you know, you don't really see that anymore because it's always being ported to various consoles now. What was so, interesting just to throw that a little extra on that. He specifically said that he couldn't believe how well it performed on N64, the original Starcraft and wants to see a new Starcraft on the Xbox as well. I mean, that just throws in a whole nother level of what the fuck. It's all of this, you know? <laughs> well, I never played Halo Wars, but they do have that, don't they? And that played very well, actually. Uh, Jonathan I beat, never played it. Jonathan beat both of them, one and two. Yeah. Okay, okay. I, I watched that. That could play. be interesting <laughs> to discuss down the road. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I know. It's one of those things where I, if it works out, we win because I love StarCraft. Exactly. Yeah. It, it, it's something we have to wait with bated breath for. Yeah. Like, you know, it, we've been done wrong so much in yeah. that genre. Exactly. By all these different companies that have taken advantage of that and just thrown that reputation down to the dirt. And it's yeah. like with the thriving, you know, success of battle royales and bobas like Mm -hmm. is there still a place for rts in the gaming industry and aside from diehard fans i don't think there is it's it's one of those genres i will say kind of like the 4ds really like like when a civilization comes out you could add a lot to it down the road like it's one of those things where we're fine with there not being a call like call of duty there's got to be a new one every year basically when you talk like civilization which is probably the closest thing to relate it to a big franchise that's kind of the same feel um they come up with a new game, whatever, eight years. And we're completely fine with that because we play the shit out of that thing for eight years and they add DLCs and eventually they come, they make a big bundle out of it. It's great. So if they want to go that route, I could see something really successful here. Put your time into it. Make something that's so foundationally strong that it'll last for eight years and we'll continue to play it over eight years. That I can see. And then just add DLCs to it because you know, God, you know that there's going to be like the Halo skins for all your space marines okay now i'm definitely buying this game (laughs) (laughs) and i feel the need to clarify like i'm strictly arguing against like is rts going to become mainstream again yeah yeah you're right and i feel like it's always going to be a niche genre moving forward i don't think it's ever ever going to be a game as successful as starcraft was originally for rts i think you're 100 right and um I think they should make it, give it a shot, but it won't be like when, when Starcraft used to come out and it was like, you know, game changing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. There's not a lot you could really do to innovate in that genre, which no. I think also acts against it. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how you can really iterate upon that gameplay. Leaning in on the esports, I think, is your only real option for the future. Like to, to innovate, yeah. like, you know, because I think esports is where it's at. Um, one of the things that has been toyed with, but not really successfully done is where when Twitch uh, viewers can modify a game that the player is playing, and I think StarCraft would be a lot of fun with that. Like, all of a sudden, like, dropping in 10 Zergs because the viewers voted for that, just randomly in the oh, middle okay, of the base. Okay. Like, that kind of thing sure. would be a lot of fun. Be like, oh, man, these viewers, darn, you know, that'd be, that'd be a... Yeah, they could add, like, a random element to it and yeah. change up the gameplay. Like, I could, I could see your point. That, that could be, work. That could that could make it a Twitch pop. Once it's popular on Twitch, it's mainstream now because that's how <laughs> things work. Ask Fortnite. <laughs> you know? There, there you go. go. Yeah. All right. Our big section for this is we're gonna be talking about God of War again. If you guys want an in-depth discussion on God of War that went really well, please check out Pushing Buttons. Just came out yesterday. Link in the description. But today we're gonna go over the basics here. Uh, what was your immediate reaction? Uh, for context, by the way, you're 20 hours in. I'm like 13 hours in. We're pretty close story-wise. We're not going to go spoilers on this one, so you're safe on that. Um, I have to give you the benefit of the doubt. You know, you're a bit further than me because I'm playing yeah. on the hardest difficulty. I had yeah. to bring that up. It's a good trade. He is playing on the hardest <laughs> difficulty, and I'm two levels ahead of him. So. But uh, what's your immediate reaction from this game? Uh, so far, it's just blown me away. I am absolutely enjoying every minute of gameplay Mm -hmm. um you know revisiting this world with kratos like the game is just really good to play like just overall how it feels yeah Uh, and you know everything visually all that stuff like 
sign me up for more. Yeah. How do you think it improved from the 2018 version? Oh, um, we kind of touched on this in the pushing buttons episode, but mm-hmm. to put it brief here, I think what it did more better is enemy variety yeah. as well as gameplay variety. Cause you switch between Kratos and Atreus at times yeah. for story purposes. And that variety alone just spices up the gameplay enough to make it to where you don't get too much of one side. You know, it's more balanced. Yeah. And each character plays similar, but unique enough to where it feels like you're switching off, switching off quite enough. Um, Visually, I think it's definitely an upgrade from the old game. It's still hampered by the PS4 stuff, but um, it's definitely upgraded. And I think combat has improved. In the combat sense, how has this improved over the other games? Or has it improved? Or is there some things you're missing? Yeah, I would say it definitely has improved. Uh, the addition of addition, uh, addition of additional characters. Yeah. The companions are more uh, important and they the are companions. more impactful. Yeah. Yeah, they're more fleshed out design-wise for mm-hmm. combat. Like playing as Kratos, Atreus is your typical partner. But you can also play with Freya at your side later in the story. And then when you swap to Atreus, Angerboda, like I really loved having her as a companion. Like her magic so dust cool. abilities are really fun to, you know, balance with Atreus's arrow abilities. Yeah, it visually was cool too. Like because then all of a sudden the entire battle, you're seeing like purple dust fly across or whatever, and it was like, oh, it, you know, it's her doing her thing. She's stunning people and stuff for you. Uh, it was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, moving on to uh, transportation, like I think. One of the cool things about this game is they they've kind of the boat's still there a little bit for one of the zones. The canoe, they moved yeah. onto this the the dog sleds now, which feels faster to me. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, um, yeah, I would say that's another great improvement in the game is how they make more hub areas that feel big. Yeah, but you know, compared to the Lake of Dine, they still feel very detailed. And then in in comparison to the twenty eighteen version, uh, I remember like. So you, you unlock the Lake of Nine, you have the center, and it felt very much like, okay, we go to this world, this world, this world, this world next. But this game feels like it's narratively going through a story more so than saying, got to go in those directions. Are you feeling that? Oh, totally, yeah. In the first game, you had uh, the Bifrost. Yeah. And it kind of acted like it's a giant loading screen. It was, yeah. yeah. And, you know, in this game, you kind of use the World Tree and all of its mystic gateways to travel, which I kind of lament in a way mm-hmm. i kind of mourned the loss of the bifrost because of how interesting it was visually mm-hmm. and you know for audio but you know it works it works in general for its regarded purpose like just trying to get from a to b as quickly as possible it helps yeah. speed up the gameplay the pacing definitely definitely uh, i just like how it feels less hubbish than it did in the other one where like i kept going to but i guess really that tree is the hub I don't know. I'm just kind of being tricked better, I guess, in this one. I know what you mean. So the level design, mm-hmm. I would say, is much more open than compared to the 2018 game. Yeah. And each of the realms does feel more fleshed out overall. Like Alfheim is a great example of this. Like in the 2018 game, I think it was just a straight hallway it from felt A like to B. That. Yeah, exactly. Whereas in this game, it's more uh open because it has additional areas tied to it like with the barons in mm-hmm. alfheim where you're dog sledding i called it yeah. bob sledding yeah by mistake and pushing <laughs> buttons but it's dog sledding Thank I, you. it was great though bob sledding <laughs> was perfect i loved it <laughs> uh, yeah 
that's what it is. The level design is, is a little bit more complex and uh, it makes it so, so like, I know you and I know squeaks are both kind of exploring those, those other areas. I haven't yet. I've kind of tiptoed a little bit into them, but not too much. Um, do you think they are, would you, are you happy with those side areas or do you think they should have just been extended into more levels later on? No, I think it's great. Um, really good addition to the variety and gameplay. Cause as you're doing these side quests, you're getting story snippets and character development as well along the yeah. way. And you wouldn't be missing those entirely if you followed the main story. Like, for example, uh, I think there's in the Barrens when you're doing the giant jellyfish quest with Atreus, mm-hmm. you know, the whole time Atreus is asking Kratos, like, why are you doing this with me? And Kratos, of course, is not, you know, given an answer until the end. Yeah. And it's simply because he just wants to spend more time with his son. Like, that was really poignant to me for his motivation in the game. He just wants to be the best father that he could be to Atreus. I need to go back. I didn't do that side quest. So I wonder if I go back now, I don't have a trace with me, but I have Freya. So I wonder what her dialogue would be during that side quest. Oh, interesting. I haven't gotten that far yet, but I'm not sure if that's possible. Is it? Well, I know you could go back to places and then I think I could start this. Can you take Freya instead of a trace in that particular area? Freya is by my side now. Yeah. But I don't know if in that area, all of a sudden like loads up a trace for some reason kind of thing. Right. Yeah, we'll have to explore that. That'll be very interesting, interesting. To see how that works. Yeah, we haven't gotten far in the game, so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but man, I, I also like how this game basically divides into two stories. You have the Atreus story and the, and the Kratos story. Um, and narratively, you were really split on who you're actually rooting for. You're rooting for both characters to do well, and you want them to unite because it's father and son. And that the father and son dynamics from the first game continue and, and evolve in this game in a really heartfelt way. But it's 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 tricky because sometimes you're rooting for the dad to like just tell your kid he needs to pay attention, and sometimes you're rooting for a creator or for a trace where you're like, leave me alone, dad. I'm learning. You know, it's a little tricky. Yeah, there's a natural divide. You have, of yeah. course, the angsty teen who's trying to prove himself, and you know has all these prophecies being told about him. Of course, he's excited. He wants yeah. to grow, and then of course you have Kratos holding him back, like being more conservative and trying to protect his son, almost overbearing to a point. Yeah, But, you know, at the same time, you get insight into both perspectives as you're playing each character. And I think that's easily the best narrative uh, way they could have done this game in comparison to the first game. Because you're getting both both sides of it now, not just Kratos' side. Which, when you were were playing just as Kratos in the first one, you were really kind of like, you were noticing your kid get a little too aggressive after he found out he was a god. Things like that. But now I'm like, wow, I wish I could have been Atreus like trying to go through his thought process of like, wait a minute, I can't be stopped now. Do human lives matter anymore? Because I'm not one. So, um, we're getting that now and it feels so much more rewarding in that way. Uh, last bit I want to talk story wise is the use of, um, prophecies are very important in this game. What do you think about like being told, Hey, this is how this is going to end. Now let's figure out how you're going to reach that. Cause even like Agaboda is kind of telling you like, She's she's trying to tell Atreus, like, yeah, you know how the prophecy's gonna end. Don't try to change the prophecy. You're gonna waste your time doing that. Enjoy the the process. What do you think about all that? Well, prophecy is easily like foreboding in a sense, but also yeah. can be used to the character's advantage. And we've seen depictions of, you know, Loki ascending to Asgard with Odin, but mm-hmm. at the same time, you have, you know, the sacrifice Kratos along the way. So where is the story going to go from here? Is it going to follow that? Or is it going to divert from that? 
and you know, it's also playing on our expectations as well, because, exactly. you know, all of us have a large understanding of Norse mythology at this point, thanks to the Marvel movies, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, with Thor, love and thunder and all that stuff. Yeah. You know, we, we know Thor and Loki get together and they're brothers and they obey their father, Odin. So how is this game going to take that portrayal? Yeah, I don't think they're going to ever, I mean, like, okay, so again, I'm ahead of you, but I don't think they're going to reveal that they're brothers, but I think they're going to be brothers in the fact that they're both half giants. Um, because Indeed. we do find out that Thor is a half giant in this. Uh, so I think that's as close as they're going to get. It would be really weird if they try to make them brothers or something. Could be. Somebody who's listening to this who might have already beaten the game, by the way, impressive. But Or yeah. who's Norse mythology expert. Yeah, they're like, guys, stop watching Marvel movies. <laughs> <laughs> you can't base everything on Marvel. I'm waiting for him to time travel. Nope. That's what I'm hearing from Loki. <laughs> um, yeah, we haven't seen that yet yeah. in the show, so I'm looking forward to that. But I, I do like the fact that we have these, because it kind of reminds me of um, Shadow of War does this too, where, hey, there's this mm. prophecy and you're the assumption is like, oh, I'm going to be this person by the end of this. And then you find out the road that you got there changes the context of what that prophecy is. And so like, I'm trying to solve that mystery of like, how am I going to change the context of me just being Odin's servant? And, and more importantly, of course, I think for a lot of us is like, how are we going to figure out a way for Kratos being dead, being okay? That feels like something that can't be done. Let's find out. Let's figure it out. And then there's a character and, we don't know that like kills Kratos, by the way. Are you trying to figure out who that is? Cause I, I'm, I have no clue at this point. Well, I was going to mention that, you know, the main theme of this game is fate. Like what, what extent does that influence events in the world around us? Yeah. And you have Kratos from the previous iteration of God of War games, the previous trilogy dealing with that same question, like what's his fate, what's in store for him. Mm -hmm. And then you have Atreus's perspective as well him becoming Loki and, you know, exploring both of those different storylines in Ragnarok. I think it's going to pay off in dividends. It's going to make for an epic conclusion. Yeah. I, I can't wait to finish the story. I, I almost just want to know the story. I don't, I mean, I'm, I I'm loving the game itself, but <laughs> the story is so I, I, I wish I could be where you're at so I could, you know, give more. Two more levels. You'll be there today, man. I know you're going to be there today. I'm probably going to get there today. I'm Let me know when you get to Asgard because I, I love the Asgard area. I think it's really cool. I'll check it out. Yeah. Um, let's talk about combat a little bit. Talk about gameplay. Uh, the, the big thing, of course, we talked about already is the fact that you can play as both Kratos and Atreus. How do they feel different than each other? Yeah, I would say uh, visually, of course. Mm -hmm. uh, with Kratos, you're, you know, bulky and, you know, you're really overbearing. Like your enemies are typically a lot bigger than you. Yeah. <laughs> but as yeah. Atreus, you're more nimble. You have more agility and you also have your main weapon as your bow. So you have that, you know, to diverse itself from Kratos's melee weapons. Yeah. And, you know, the side characters, you know, enhance those different movesets as well. Mm. Yeah. And I, I like how uh, um, when you're swinging the axe, which is, of course, the go-to weapon, it feels like very heavy. Every impact is is important. You're watching the health go down slowly. When on Atreus, you're going so much quicker and you're actually doing, I feel like you're doing more combos on Atreus or you might be tempted to do more combos um, that you're just like, don't let up, just keep hitting them down until they're dead. When when I think with with Kratos, I'm like hitting, hitting, step back, analyze, hit, hit. Like you are playing differently. And yet, they're, they're, I mean, like all the buttons are the same. Like 
light hit and heavy hit are all the same button. So they're still very similar to where you feel comfortable switching back and forth, but they're they're just a little bit uh, different. I, I It's very well designed. They did a really good job with this. Yeah, and also, I don't know if you noticed this, but for the haptic feedback on the controller, yes. like with Kratos, you get more rumbles, whereas with Atreus, it's more like little taps, pulses, yeah, yeah. or taps. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah. I, you, and you notice when you're rowing the boat, like depending on what side you row on, that side of the controller's uh, yeah. freaking good about this. The haptic thing throws me off every so often because, um, you know, I'm used to, I've been an Xbox player. Well, the haptic's new for this generation. But like when all of a sudden you're like, oh, I got to feed through this thing. I can't just like tap and go. I actually have to yeah. like swing into this axe and break this piece of ice <laughs> off. That feels good. It feels cool. Um, I do love that. Uh, anything else combat wise or gameplay wise you want to make sure to shout out before we go? Like the puzzles, I think the puzzles are uh... just enough easy to not slow me down a lot. I don't like a puzzle that makes me like frustrated. These feel just about right. Yeah, I mentioned this as well in pushing buttons, but to me, I feel like there's a little bit too much hand holding, like especially oh, yeah. when it comes to the puzzles, because they'll the side characters you're playing with, they'll be like, oh, hey, do this and mm-hmm. this will get you there. And it's kind of like, you know, there's like a fine line between backseating and offering helpful tips. Yeah. And I feel like it's too soon. Like the characters are too eager to tell you how to move on. Yeah, you, you did mention that was a very good point too. Um I, I they are very minimalist in the in the UI, so the characters are kind of doing everything you'd want. A lot of times your games will like just point you in a direction the characters are doing that for you. And once you get the flow of things, or like, hey, I'm exploring right now, don't worry about it. I get that we gotta go over there. They do kind of like, hey, <laughs> check this out. They keep doing that a lot, you know. At this point, it's become like a trope with Sony games, because you know, every time you play one, you're gonna get that. Like I got that with Last of Us and Horizon. I heard Horizon yeah. does that too. Yep. Yeah. And you know, it's great to a point. Like I enjoyed it in Uncharted because it'd be like a prompt. Like, hey, do you want a tip? And you can press yeah. a button and it would tell you. Or you can, you know, still try and struggle and figure out for yourself. I wish that would that seems like come back mix. in particular. Yeah, that one that one actually makes like seems like it would work the best. I do like that. Um, and I have to mention also uh, for combat, like you know, there's a lot of voice lines that are repeated often. <laughs> yeah. I hear this a lot because I'm playing on the hardest difficulty. <laughs> but sure. Atreus is always pointing out that I'm on fire, but I already know that. Yeah. It's yeah. like, okay, I get it. <laughs> no shit, Atreus. I'm watching my health bar drop. <laughs> or, you know, Mimir will be like, you're on fire, brother. And it's just like, yeah. I know. <laughs> I love him so much. That whole brother thing, too. Like, oh, it's cool. It's going to be the new br- uh boy you know it's gonna be exactly yeah i'm here brother Uh, i love it um (laughs) let's give our final thoughts on the game uh what are you grading it so far you're you're uh, you know probably halfway through and you're playing on the hardest difficulty once again i'm halfway through all right yeah it's a a 20 hour well you're doing all the side missions no you're not halfway through you got a ways i was gonna say i think i'm like a quarter of the way through from what it sounds like yeah so on on normal difficulty it's supposed to take like 20 to 30 hours and on the hardest difficulty uh ign had people at 60 70 hours that's what i'm thinking i'll spend in this game it's yeah. probably a good 60 and that's yeah. fine by me i I'm love the game it it's yeah. great <laughs> yep as for a grade though i mean i i can't disagree with all the gaming press it's easily a 10 out of 10 or in our case an a plus yeah i would say s but we don't go that high we don't go s i know you want to bring in that s <laughs> save those for pushing buttons um yeah, I would have to agree with you. I can't, because for me, we talked about this before, about like, what does an A plus mean? I, I, in my book, it means that there's nothing you would fix. 
And I really wouldn't fix anything about this game. I think it's perfect as is. I'm enjoying trying to learn combos, which I wouldn't normally do on a game like this. The 2018 version, I just hack it slashed. I didn't bother the combos. This one, I'm using my block and dodge a lot better. I'm making sure to try out different magic abilities, empowering myself in different ways. Making It's making me a better player, which I think I could carry forward in other games. Like, I actually think I would... It, it Jedi Fallen Order did this too. Like, Jedi Fallen Order kind of prepared me for games like this as well. Um, mm. Where I'm getting better at these, and at some point I could play a FromSoft game, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Practice makes that's, that's a lot from you. I, I, I hope that does come to fruition. Yeah, I don't know about Elden Ring, though. It just beat my ass so hard at the beginning that I was like, oh, God. So I'm going to go with A plus as well, which is crazy. Two A pluses. Okay, guys. It's worth checking out. Uh, those Game of the Year discussions are going to be heated. We're going to sure. and we're going to dive into those so hard. We're going to do Game of the Year, all that stuff towards the end of the year. We have so many to talk about. Uh, it's going to be a tough year for that. Uh, let's go into our recommendations for the week. Do you have any recommendations for the week? Oh, God. Uh, God of War. <laughs> there we go. God of War is the um, recommendation. Yeah. I will say that uh, Somerville is coming out next. Or actually, it's probably out by the time this episode's coming out. Can you explain that a it's, little bit for people? Yeah, Somerville's coming out. Uh, it's from Jump Ship, which is composed of people who made Play Dead mm -hmm. and, you know, games like Limbo and Inside. Mm -hmm. So this was their next main project. I'm really looking forward to seeing that. But with God of War out, I don't know if I'll have time for it, but we'll see. Yeah, <laughs> that's a really good choice. Yeah. I'm going to have to check that out because I really liked Limbo a lot. That's a really good game. I don't think I played Inside. I think I own Inside. I don't it's on Game Pass. It, there we go. Good old Game Pass. Uh, that's my that's my recommendation, guys. Good Game Pass. Uh, Good Game Pass. While we talked about go. a PlayStation game this entire time. Um, yeah, my recommendation <laughs> from the last Geek Freaks uh, was God of War. Uh, I'll just stick with that. Just play some God of War, guys. If not, at least watch us stream it. Um, and that should be that should be all you need, really. You should be set. <laughs> but that's it for us Indeed. this week, guys. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. We hope you guys appreciated and enjoyed the like two-parter episode that we had to do this week. Maybe we'll do that more in the future. We'll have to see how things go. Um, but thank you again for joining us. We'll see you guys later. Bye.